702-1702. A very good afternoon to you, Wendy. Hello, Jane. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to have you with me. And I should imagine you've been pretty busy on this topic. I I was. It was actually one which um, was the, my story of the festive season. I always work through Christmas and New Year. And what happened was on the on Friday, the twenty second of December, which is the busiest it was, the busiest domestic flying day of the year. You can imagine the Friday before Christmas. Mm. Um, <laughs> the OR Tumbers automated baggage source, sorting system. This this cavernous place um, underneath where we walk, you know, in the basement, things went horribly wrong. So you can imagine bags that they didn't know where to go, and it was a complete mess up. And the result was that thousands of passengers arrived at their domestic uh, destinations. This didn't affect international travel. So domestic uh, travelers arrived in Durban, PE, wherever it was they were going, with Cape Town, without the luggage which they had trustfully checked in. And you can imagine that time of year, Christmas presents, where is the baggage, who's got access to it, what's going on. So flights were delayed a little bit in the hope that uh, these bags would be found, um, and it was a vain hope in many cases. Um, a major cruise departing from Durban delayed the departure by three hours, oh. um, but still they, they left without a lot of their passengers' bags. They were they were later reunited with them thanks to Mediterranean Shipping Company, no thanks to AXA. But at the time, Jane, this is a backstory, several airline sources shared with me their deep concern about the state of our airport's baggage handling systems, which are controlled by AXA, particularly at our busiest airport, which is our tumble. Um And yeah, the, the, it's it's around a lack of proper maintenance, which is a story we hear a lot um, mm. about systems that we rely on. Yeah, so... I've heard stories of suitcases dropping from quite substantial heights in that area from one section to the other without the adequate, um, um, what do we call them, full, full uh, breakages such as rubber oh. curtains um, and, that, and, and that pads. was in the fragile area. Yeah, oh, oh, don't, uh, yeah, if I could tell all the things I'd heard, but yeah, apparently fragile is, 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 um, not so fragile. In many cases, not, not worth the sticker it's written on. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they're moving along conveyor belts, which, um, haven't been properly maintained and not as cushioned as they should be. So in short, I'm told it's little, little wonder that many suitcases have their wheels snapped off, their handles snapped off. I've um, had people, uh, many consumers writing to me, sending me their photos. Um, and naturally, their anger is is directed to the company to, to which they pay, paid their money, their airfare, mm. and that's the airline. And the internationally, airlines have a, a compensation formula, which is <clears throat> very, very little. It's, it's based on um, an amount, a dollar amount per kilogram. Um, uh, strictly speaking, and I'm not going to go into this issue on this show, I was, I've spoken about it before. Mm-hmm. The Consumer Protection Act does make um, companies liable if, one, if they have our goods um, in their safekeeping, whether it's a car in for a service or, or, or a suitcase handed over 
um, for safe passage to the destination. They are responsible if there are if there's negligence, but you have certain parties in this trip, right? And the airlines are saying there are certain parts of the baggage handling system that we have no access to and have no control over. Mm. And they're pointing fingers at AXA and AXA always points the finger straight back at the airline when passengers go to them. And I've seen um, some of those emails. But so that's sort of the, 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 the context of this whole thing. But um, yeah, and, and I recently had an email or saw a story rather about a Joburg passenger's brand new. She'd bought it the day before, 4,000 rand bag, arrived at Cape Town Airport, uh, looking, as she put it, like it had exploded. Mm-hmm. And all she got from the airline was 9,000 rand, uh, sorry, 900 rand in uh, compensation. That's shocking, so, um, wow. yeah. So I thought, well, let's have, um, let's have a practical look at this because, so what can you do about mm. it? You can avoid checking in a bag. That's first prize. And I've done this for many years at, at very rare occasions when I can't avoid it. I will check one in with as many fail safes as, as possible. But the um, result of that is anyone who travels regularly domestically will know that many people check in online so they're not having their, their suitcases assessed or weighed. Mm-hmm. They just arrive at the uh, check-in counters in they go with these super-sized bags that were never meant as cabin luggage and just simply will not fit in the overheads. And then they, you know, the, the cabin attendant will take the bag off and say, we've got to stow that for you. And that is dangerous because in, in many cases, people have put stuff in there that they didn't intend to be parted with, electronics, jewelry, cash, whatever the case may be. And those things, according to the airline's terms and conditions, if they're checked in, they bear no responsibility for them at all if they go missing. So it's a very big risk to do that because, mm. you know, you, you want to be in control of that of that process in terms of what you choose to put in the hold and what you don't. So if you absolutely have to check in luggage, um, here are some tips courtesy of Fly Safair and um, I think they are great, um, and I've yeah I've had some personal experience of uh, most of them. So you do have to accept you know if you're buying cheap, um, and many people don't have an, an option. But these suitcases and and whatever form of luggage more now than ever before are exposed to some really really rough treatment. They need to be tough. So get the toughest bag that you can afford. And and what does that actually mean? So in many cases, if you're going to buy a brittle hard shell case, if you're going to buy the cheapest one you can find, the chances of cracking under the type of pressure we're talking about here are quite great. You'd Mm. be better off with a, with a, with a fabric one. Um, Wheels are often (laughs) fall victim to the baggage handling uh, process. So, the best solution is to find bags where the wheels are largely recessed into the bags. And that means you're probably going to have a two-wheel one, which you're going to have to tilt to pull. And a lot of us find that a bit of a strain since the advent of the four-wheel ones, right? Where yeah. you just sort of hoover Spin it along. Around. Um, mm. Yes. I mean, where was that technology all along? Um, one wonders. But yeah, so if you want a four-wheel one for that kind of practicality and, and ease of use, Go for one with the shortest, sturdiest wheels that stick out as little as possible to minimize the risk of them being snapped off. And then the zips, zips and locks. Okay, so we're not just talking about physical damage that, you know, through poorly maintained baggage handling systems. We're also talking about pilferage, which is a thing that I've 
reported on this for many years. Um, it's obviously greatest at at um, high at peak times. Uh, we've got Easter coming up. That's another peak time after Christmas. So zips are a weak link. Um, and if you're going to uh, choose one with a zip, you must choose one with an inbuilt zip lock, which is better because um, the separate locks that hang off, we've all seen them on the carousels that hang off the zips can be very easily sheared off. It happened to me, thanks to a pulferer. Um, when moved, but this, you know, can, mechanically between the rollers on the conveyor belts, they can be uh, snapped off mm. and they can be, those zips can be moved even when tied together. Um, which makes resealing the zip after opening uh, it, uh, you know, to, to get into it much easier. So, so yeah, you don't want the, that's there's a um, a crook's favourite. There's there's the way those zips um, connect, and then identity tagging the bag. So when you check in the bag, you get you know that sticker that's put around the handle. I can see them doing it in my mind's eye, and then and then stuck together. And then they also pull off a separate sticker with a barcode and stick them onto the body of the bag mm. as a backup in case that that long tab tag gets snapped off your handles. Um, so what you sh- you know what you- it's also a good idea to put your own tag on your bag um, because well certainly uh, that was a it was a, a very uh, a huge example of it that what happened at ORT in just before Christmas, but these bags go missing all the time. The, the sorting systems fail and whatever. And so you really want to make sure that you're united with your bag. What not to do, some people keep those little barcoded stickers on their bag as some kind of trophy of a, of a, of a, um, yes. a frequent flyer. <laughs> um, but you can imagine how silly that is if your bag does go missing and that's the only thing left on it or, you know, through the process, everything gets ripped off. What does the scanner, which you know, which which, which sticker does this yes. is the right one? Yes. So I'd never thought about it till Flash having said that. Oh, okay, that's a good one to remember. And then wrapping it, um, very good idea. We've all seen the the companies that have the uh, the uh, wrap, plastic wraps, basically cling wrapping your bag. It's not a very environmental solution. No. Um, however, so there are reusable fabric covers that you can get from most reputable. Um, luggage sellers um there's one called a what is it called give me one second um it's called a luggage glove i've been researching it this morning um made from high quality durable fabric so it's 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 basically a cover but it's made from very high quality durable fabric and um it it protects against it's not just sort of thin fabric it's really thick and it protects against scuffing scratches and people who want to get their hands into your luggage. So it's also tamper resistant. That was just one one example that sprang to mind. Um, and what else? Oh, yes. Um, I'm guilty of this. Overstuffing the bag, right? And um, that is, you know, the heavier you pack your suitcase, the harder it will fall, the more strain will be placed on the handles when loaded and unloaded. So, you really not do your you upping your risk of having bad things happen to that mm. to that bag. So keep the weight to the to the limit that it's intended for. Don't overpack. Expandable suitcases. I've never had one of these, but they um, apparently are the way to go. So at least there's a, some built-in expansion if you buy more than you thought you were going to buy on the other side. Okay, sorry, just hang on a moment. Um, we've, let's listen to this voice note before you move on from sure. further from locks. Sure. Good afternoon to you. My name is Corinne. I'm from Robert Chan. 
I frequently travel through between Johannesburg and Durban and I'm one of the passengers that constantly lose my locks. I've now lost about eight locks and I'm talking about oh. Cellini locks. Jeez. I've rather resorted to the Viro locks now. Um, it's just that they have a very high appetite for um, the combination locks. I don't know why. And it only happens um, at OR Tambo. So for me, I'd like to know what do they do with the locks? Because they must have a pile of them. Thank you. Oh, so stealing yes, I, the yeah. locks themselves, not taking it off to actually enter the bag, infiltrate the bag. I'm, is my getting, am I understanding that right? Yeah, well, I mean, she didn't say, she didn't elaborate if they'd stolen they from her or not. But, but the fact that she'd lost or had eight removed from her bags is pretty disturbing. One person, I had it happen to me once, and the bag it was rifled through, but obviously didn't have anything that was um, enticing to, to, to the uh, morally challenged baggage handler because everything was rifled through, including all the contents of my toiletry bag and nothing taken. You always feel a little <laughs> offended, the, the lock, don't you? Go, oh, I'm a little bit offended. Yes. But, but, but the lock was, was just gone, just absolutely hmm. missing in action. Anyway, so maybe, there is a, maybe there's a thing in, in stealing locks. Who knows? Um, I know, sorry, I'm going to just jump in here. Yes. Um, when I was flying sure. to the States years ago, um, and they just snapped my locks because, you know, they like to, not, and nothing was stolen, but that's the security. They, if you oh, want yes. to. Oh, yes, TSA. Mm. And there mm. you break those yes, expensive locks on your, on your back. <sighs> exactly. So annoying. Mm. The other thing is, stolen. most people, yes. Mm -hmm. um, we we the the most common colours are black and silver, but you know um, the the other thing that happens, and I got a complaint just this morning, funnily enough, um, where uh, somebody took this woman's luggage, mistook it for hers, and she wanted the airline to do more. I mean, what do they do? That's a it's sort of it's an interpassenger problem. But anyway, um, you maybe want to think about. Uh, making your bag stand out in some way, buy an unpopular color like purple or orange or something, or put a, you know, you often see people with a distinctive um, band that's um, detachable that they just put around their bags. But yeah, if you, that's the other thing that can go wrong. So make your bag stand out to this and lower possibility of someone taking your bag by mistake because there is that. And then I would say add your luggage to your home contents insurance and keep your luggage slip so you can prove what you win and what you paid for something um, because, you know, being compensated in full by the airlines is, is, is not a sure bet. Um, I asked uh, the Teleshow group whether they, whether they would want to weigh in on this issue and um, Tyron Lather of who's head of budget insurance said, if your luggage is damaged by luggage processing systems or personnel, you can engage with the travel service provider uh, to see if they'll cover them. If but if your luggage is comprehensively insured and specified in your policy under portable possessions, that's the important part. You can approach your insurer. So I would most certainly do that, if, especially if you already have um, short-term insurance on your on your possessions. Um, and and never ever pack perfume into your check-in bags. It's the number one item that's pilfered. Did really? you know that, Jane? No. For a number of years now, yeah. Whether whether new or used, Doesn't that's matter. the favourite. 
designer, obviously designer. I did have some perfume in my that bag. It was pulled and I left it behind. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> okay. I then spoke to uh, Sabir Mohammed of um, Luggage Warehouse. He's a fundi on the, the bags themselves, all the different brands, etc. Luggage Warehouse is a, is a Cape Town um, company, Cape Town based, but I mean, any, any uh, luggage supplier would no doubt give similar, um, similar advice. Um, I ran the Fly Safair advice that we've just shared past him. Mm. And um, I said, are these bags available? You know, and what, what would you agree? And um, he said, yes, if you want to go for two wheel options, the choices are limited to duffel bag collections. So you can Google that. For seasoned travelers, we would recommend our most durable luggage with frame lock. So not the zips and semi recessed wheels. And that's the Samsonite Secure, S apostrophe Cure collection. So the name is pretty self-explanatory. I've certainly done some deep diving into that product um, the last little while. Um, about zips, most uh, leading brands offer a new feature, which is tamper-resistant zippers, uh, providing uh, an alternative option. So that's something else to Google, tamper-resistant zips on bags. And he showed, uh, I got a link to something called the BG Berlin Zip 2 Collection. BG Berlin Zip 2 Collection, something to look at. But he did say, did Sabia, that it's still not as secure as the frame lock suitcase. So I'm certainly going to be investigating that for the odd time that I do need to check in. And then, um, as Flysafi said, the um, the wrap, the the protector that goes over the suitcase for protection against uh, pilferage, most practical thing you can do. But we're not talking about pilf- just pilferage. Shall we talking about you know the the, the rough handling in the in the baggage sorting areas? Mm. About tagging, there's apparently a new thing called the track pouch, which is part of the Cellini some of the Cellini luggage collections. So there's a, an allocated zip pocket that you can put your air tag in there for luggage tracking so it doesn't go missing. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. I certainly learned a lot, and I hope that the, the listeners um, uh, had, have something to so – the frequent travelers, domestic tra- travelers in particular, I hope that was helpful. Mm. And um, so, you know, like so many things in this country, you actually have to invest and spend a bit of money in order to save to money. protect yourself. To protect yourself. Exactly. Mm. And, and yeah, it's, it's it's just you know I make a point because of the work I do. Whenever I, I fly frequently, I always look when I when I get off a flight and I look at those um, the little uh, little offices that they have in the arrivals areas of various airlines, and I and I look at the people there, um, you know who who's lost bags or who haven't whose bags have been pilfered and you know all those reports and I just think oh this is a lot of time and hassle now oh. that you, you you're now at the start of this journey of yeah it's really unpleasant I mean I when I lived so, in Doha there was a, a place in Europe that I used to love going to and every time I flew there um, my my bag was lost for about three days oh, no and it, it is oh. such a pain because it's firstly it's time consuming to to go through the paperwork to inform them that what the deal is with your bag and for, well, that's after you've waited for about an hour and a half um and then you have to go off and, and you don't have anything to wear and uh yes it, it doesn't kick off hardly then, very well no and then you technically can get that money back to a point but then you have this laborious claims fitting process to go through from mm. airlines uh, handle that better than others so this is all about i'm all about 
uh, bad things happen and inevitable, um, especially in South Africa, dare I say, all, all sorts of bad things, our risk of everything, of car accidents, of hijackings, of mm. uh, home, home burglar, everything. So we said, so, okay, let's look at that. Now, how do we how do we mitigate that risk? What can we do without spending massive amounts of money? And I must say some of these things like, like that, that Samsonite range is pretty um, costly. But if you go, you're traveling a lot and you really want to minimize your chances of, of, of bad things happening to your case and, and uh, through mechanical means and also through pilfering, then it is a, it is a worthwhile investment. Uh, I certainly, mm. yeah, fra- frame lock is certainly something that I'm going to be looking at um, because, yeah, there, there are always solutions as whether you have the appetite or how, how big you you consider your risk to be and whether you have the appetite and the budget mm. to to do something about it. Yeah, and, I mean, in another life, another world, this would be tackled at the airports. I mean, the infrastructure would be dealt with. Was anything said to you about what sort of measures, if any, are in place to make it better? Because also, you know, we don't want that sort of reputation to add on to our really sullied reputation for travellers who want to come and visit this country. Yeah. So um, I will be engaging with AXA. I would love to actually go and look at that area myself, although I don't think I'm going to get an invitation anytime soon. I was actually invited by AXA years ago, maybe 10 more years ago. And... um, we were scheduled a date and everything, and then one of them must have thought, no, this is not a good idea. And so Anyone I was but her. Uninvited. <laughs> I was uninvited, and I never did go and have a look. But um, certainly I know that there's a lot of buck passing. If AXA can pass the buck to the airlines, they mm. will. So, for example, someone wrote to me. He was uh, part of that um, pre-Christmas flying lot from out of ORT whose bag went missing, and she had then a five-hour drive from – I think it was Richards Bay Airport to her destination for Christmas, and mm. she uh, she ended up having to buy a few essentials, as you'll be familiar with Jane when your bag goes missing. Yep. And she went to AXA to say, "This was your mess up. Your your sort your sortation uh, system failed." And and I saw the emails, and they just said, "Speak to speak to the airline." Sorry for you. Mm. And the airlines are going, but this wasn't our problem. Um, so it is a tricky one, but I think um, I, I hate to sound negative, but I think realistically we should um, look to doing it for ourselves as we do in so many other facets of our life here in South Africa. Okay, we're going to get the news headlines, and then after that, we're going to be talking about avoiding SIM swap fraud. But my- seven oh two, Nola knows. Uh, right, so Wendy is still with us. Wendy, before we move on to SIM card swap fraud. Let's bring in Toby mm-hmm. Shapshak. He's got he's a widely travelled man a man of many experiences Toby, I haven't spoken to you for a long time I know, what a joy to hear your voice on the radio, <laughs> Jane Forget about that Wendy Nola uh, <laughs> <laughs> So happy Listen, to hear I'm just going to say I... one word Lego <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so I was listening to your advice, Wendy. It's really fantastic. And you know, the one thing that I have done out of many bad experiences in my cabin luggage, I have absolutely everything I need for when I get there. Spare underwear, spare socks, a spare clean t-shirt. Me too. My toiletries. Mm. And, I, and I can't tell you, I mean, I, it's such great advice that you gave. I'm also a big fan of the, the four wheels. It's called spinners. Um, yeah. And I, I have a very compact Samsonite bag, and I chose it. It's called the Cosmo Light or Cosmo some, or Light, L-I-T-E, because it only weighs two kilograms. So 
you know, you get these really sophisticated bags, but you're giving up all your all your weight for the actual weight of the bag. But I mean, the single best thing you can do is have uh, is have everything you need. And I, I mean, I've I've flown to interview someone very senior from Shaft from IWC watches in Schaffhausen and I had to do it in like cargo pants and a t-shirt. So that's, that's the best thing. But by far the most useful thing, I think for overseas trips or any plane trips on noise canceling headphones, they are invaluable for, for like settling all of that, that white noise that you get in a plane, but you know, great advice. And Toby, thank thanks you Toby. Yours. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's the editor of Stuff There, sharing his stuff with us. Um, let's listen to Les. He's also got something to say about travel. Mine, uh, a good, strong case is always advisable. I went over to uh, with a group of people to ride bicycles in France. And when the one guy got there, he had had soft, a bicycle in, a, in soft luggage and the frame was crushed. An SAA paid you out per kilogram of damage. So, needless mm-hmm. to say, this guy had to go and buy a new bike in Paris. <laughs> and it cost a great deal more that SAA actually paid him out. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, it's something like $20 per kilogram. Mm. But, I mean, things don't weigh a lot, even bicycles, when, you, when you've got that kind of compensation uh, formula. Godwin was saying that he had some uh, a perfume bottle uh, stolen. Now he puts a lace there bottle of go. scotch in his luggage. It hasn't been taken up until now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember at Cape Talk, someone phoned him to complain that he flew from, from it was a short, I think, P.E. Gabecha to uh, Cape Town. And with a massive steak he got from his favorite butchery there, and it, it, went, it went missing. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I hope they enjoyed it. All right, let's talk about yeah. SIM swap fraud. Okay. All right. So um, a listener who used an alias, uh, Caroline, last week, just last week, um, during the last minutes of the show, she called in to talk about SIM swap fraud. She had been a victim of such. I asked her to follow up with an email which she did, uh, but only yesterday. So I haven't had a chance to give the uh, network um, the right of reply, which I most definitely would, will. But I think it's just worth sharing a few things in advance that apply um, across the board to all the networks. Um, what happened to Caroline is that uh, she, her, her, this is the first for me, her cell phone number was sim swapped twice in the last four months, despite her putting us her, her number on a so-called watch list with that network um, after the first time, um, and she says scammers take advantage of how easy it is to sim, sim swap people without their knowledge. So many of us are connected to Wi-Fi all day and use WhatsApp more than SMSs or calls. So what happens is when you when a fraudster goes to do a sim swap, and why do they want to do that? Because they need to get a pin to get into your funds, to get access to your funds. And we all know right. what the one-time PIN does, right? So mm. so they need that PIN to go to them and not you. So they just need to hijack your number for a little bit in order to get that all-important PIN. Sure. So what happens is the networks will send you an SMS, not a WhatsApp, an SMS to say a SIM swap application has been uh, made on your number. If this was not you, call us. 
And you don't get a lot of time to do it. I took a, a big case involving Vodacom a few months ago. And with Vodacom, it's two hours during the during the daytime. And if the request comes through overnight, they um, the two hours starts from 8 o'clock. Um, so if you're not looking at your phone, that's not a very long time to respond, right? If, you, no. if, you're, not, if you're not looking, if you're not looking specifically at your at your SMSs, and I'm one that I've got better because of the work I do, but you know I'm mostly on WhatsApp, like so many of us. Mm. Um, your your silence is taken as a as a yes, it is me. Oh. Then the fraudster gets your number and does whatever horrible things they want with it. In in Caroline's case, within 12 hours. They set up a debit order, which the bank honoured, despite her alerting them to the SIM swap fraud no. on the phone and in person and asking them to block uh, her account and the cards. Fortunately, the scammer um, had uh, sent the, her money to a third-party lender and she managed to get it back with no help from the bank. So good luck to her. I mean, good, well done mm. to her because I don't often hear that. In terms of liability, the, bank, the cell phone companies always say, the SIM swap fraud, um, that alone doesn't allow the fraudster to, to get their hands on your bank funds. They need to have somehow pe- penetrated, you know, got your the keys to your safe, the the, mm. the, the passwords and the and and, and whatever um, through some other means. And that has stood up in court in the past. Um, but uh, the inconvenient truth is that. With the cell phone companies making it easy for us, because by far, like vast majority, um, probably more than ninety percent of cell, uh, of some uh, swap requests are genuine. You've lost your phone; it's been stolen. You need another SIM, right? Mm. Um, so they try and make it easy for you, but in the process, you know, be able to do it over the phone and whatever, not making you slip into a store. But in the process, they make things a lot easier for fraudsters, and even just, you know. A small percentage uh, of fraud is many, many thousands of people. Given how many people have, have you know, cell phones, mm. right? So, and, and how, so, so, how long could it take? Because Temba says I'm currently a victim of SIM swap as we speak. It happened last week, and I'm still in the process of trying SIM reversal. Oh gosh, it should be immediate. I can't see why it would take too long. Yeah, I would certainly go into a branch for that. Mm. But when I challenged, because um, my thing was, it should be a no unless the person specifically says yes. And if I'm the genuine person, I'm going to have an interest to say yes as fast as possible, right? Yes. So I, I'm yes, pushing for point, that to happen. It? Yeah. It's, I thought Even so. If it's 24 I mean, hours. logic to me. <laughs> yes. Mm. Because given that this is going to allow a fraudster to get into your bank account, and so many people have all their accounts linked, I mean, it could ruin a person financially. Jane, if they're unable to to get any of that money back. Um, so Vodacom well, says we do have that. mechanisms in place. Um, well, I did win one recently because this woman, a few months ago, she did respond. Because most of the cases I take up, the people, for whatever reason, they were on a flight, they were asleep, whatever, they didn't respond in those two hours and mm. the fraudster got their, their SIM. But in this case, this woman responded within eight minutes and said, no, it's not me. And they still went ahead and processed it. And she lost a, a whack of money. And I pushed and pushed and pushed. And, and, um, yeah, Vodacom did, did come to the party and pay her. Well so you got to, you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's just, so, but it, let, let's just yes. leave that uh, on a good note for a moment. Let's listen to this and then we'll get more. 702. Nola knows. 
All right, we're talking about SIM swap fraud, and I stopped you mid-speech. Carry on. Eh? Uh, <laughs> no, I was just saying, um, Vodacom told me that they um, have some uh, anti-fraud mechanisms in place with the banks for them to detect fraudulent activities. Um, they wrote in an email to me, we allow banks to check when last the customer requested a SIM swap on a specific mobile number before they send an OTP to that number. This measure has already been implemented by some banks, allowing them, for example, to prevent flagged customers from adding a beneficiary during a certain window period while still allowing them to conduct other bank affairs. So I would certainly like to be able to um, help instruct my bank to do something like that. And I would say, phone your bank and find out if they can do something like this. So if there's been a SIM swap, if it hasn't been detected, you didn't answer and the SIM swap went, there must be a big time lag between um, that SIM swap being done and when a new beneficiary can be added to your account because that's obviously the fraudsters add themselves and whip your money out of an account. So I thought that was certainly something to look into and to for all of us to engage with our banks and ask what, you know, can that delay be put in place? Because that could save, you know, if, if you if you are the victim of a SIM swap, at least let no one um, add themselves as the beneficiary um, for a certain window period, um, during which time you will hopefully hopefully um, realize that or see the SMS and realize that something bad's gone down with your with your SIM. Let's listen to what Frida has to say. Good morning, Wendy and Jane and the team. I'd like to find out now that the big banks now they are no longer sending us the in-contact messages and with all this uh, lot of scammers, how are we going to know like immediately what the, the, the what some if something is happening in your account? Because now my bank is telling me that I, I need to go to the app to check messages. But how how long will I find out that something has been going on in my account? while I still need to go to the app and they are not giving me messages. They say messages are in the app. Wow, what bank is that? That was a voice note. So, uh, hopefully... oh, it's a voice note. Oh, I'd really like to know if any other listeners um, uh, are with that bank and have had that. But that's Maybe they want you to pay extra for them. Mm. Um, but you know, certainly with my bank, with any activity on my account, money going in or out, I get a, a notification via SMS. Um, so that's why my advice has also been, you know, check those SMSs, not just for fraudulent SIM swap requests, but for money moving in your account. And most of the cases I've dealt with, people that have missed that that uh, SMS um, about, you know, the, the a SIM swap uh, application have then noticed um, the money leaving their accounts, the ping, 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 they, they noticed those. And that's how they've known. Um, I certainly think it is alarming because you should notice an SMS rather than having to proactively keep remembering to go into your app and check what's going on there. I would certainly like to mm. investigate that. Liesl um, is saying it's Standard Bank. So maybe that's happened Standard to Liesl Standard Bank. Too. Okay. Thank you for that. Making a note, I need to investigate that because that's really not very fraud preventative. I'm going to find out what's going on there and report back next week. Um, let's listen to Mark quickly. Hello, Mark. Yes. Mark, go ahead. Hi, man. Hi, Wendy. I wonder if you can shed some light, man. You know, when COVID came, the masses were simple. Okay. 
the masses were sympathizing with the travel industry, how they're suffering, people are out of jobs and whatever. Now that right. the dust has settled, they're charging exorbitant prices for business and first class. And what's worse is it's been a long time that they're sending us old planes, especially Qatar, Emirates. This. Why do they send us old planes to Africa? All the new planes go to Europe and America and the rest of the country. They're advertising Q-suite on the TV. But I've never sat in a Q-suite because I've paid for the business class fare, which is three times more than five years ago, for no reason at all. And these airlines, they only send us old planes and they promise us Q-suite. They must take their effort off. They shouldn't that's advertise Q-suite if you... If oh, okay. A- well, I'm clearly not a business class international traveler, so I've not, uh, that's not uh, been part of my reality. I didn't realize that was the case. But certainly, which airline is that that advertises that suite that's not available? No, it's Qatar, Qatar British Airways, uh, okay. Qatar, the- Emirates. Yeah. All of okay. them, they're naughty. They, they're, abusing, they're abusing South but, African passengers. I don't think it's fair. But which, 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 ad, which, which airline advert is the offensive one that you're saying is certainly not available for South Africa? No, Africans? Qatar talks of the Q-suite travel. It's a different experience. Than that. But when you get onto the flight, there's no Q-suite. They're sending all the old, old planes. The Q-suite is a oh, Airbus 380, I see. You know what I'm saying. I got you. you I know. I get you now. I will certainly investigate. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. That's if if, if nothing else, it's misleading advertising. They're really abusing South African passengers, and there's. But as soon as you get a connecting flight, wherever you go in Europe or America, it's all brand new planes, all of them. Okay. Brand new Airbus A380s. You get a Boeing triple seven on an upper stand flight on one of the airlines, I don't want to expose them. But uh, you can't believe the plane. You can see the plane is open. When they take off also, it rattles. You sometimes wonder <sighs> if they're going to make it to the destiny. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks for that, Mark. Thank no. you very much for the call. Um, so a couple of voice notes have come in. Theo is st- saying it's Standard Bank. Lorraine is saying it's also APSA. And uh, hold oh. mm. Okay, so I wasn't aware that the notifications have stopped. I will be zipping off uh, a email to all the banks asking the same question and share what I asked them to justify it, and we'll share that um, in next week's show. Mm. Yes, there are lots of comments here about how many SMS have, SMSs have stopped. Um, let me just see. I think F&B also, that name also came up. Also F&B. So, Wendy, over well, to not, you. The- Come on. Okay, I've got my work cut out for me, it appears. Uh, Let's listen Um, to Stanley would like to ask you something. Go ahead, Stanley. Okay. Oh, no, we've lost Stanley. Sorry about that. All right, so uh, carry on telling us what we need to do. If we find ourselves okay, in so so th- mm. obviously just to clarify on the SMSs, I'm gathering that they're referring to um, transactional stuff. So when you make a payment, yeah. it 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 you can SMS. I'm saying look out for the SMSs um, that are coming around. Some swaps um, giving you that window period. Um, you you know to keep an eye on them. Don't sort of forget that you have SMS because you're so busy on WhatsApp because they, that it's an it's a SMS 
that you don't want to miss. No. Um, and then, yeah, just to engage with your banks around it um, in terms of, listen, if there, you get a SimSop request and, it, and, it, and you, it goes ahead, do not allow any new beneficiaries to be added. Apparently, some banks um, are doing this. Find out if your bank is doing it, and if they aren't, find out what measures they have in place to protect your account because you might miss an SMS. The, the SIM swap happens, and now you're at risk, and now you're looking to your bank to also offer you some protection. Mm. Kadir so is saying that the bank is- sends an app notification now so you don't – get an SMS anymore, but banking app notification. All right, Stanley is back. Oh, so it's still a notification. Still oh, okay. okay. Hello. Right. Hi, Stanley, go ahead. Yes, uh, I've got a problem with Standard Bank. Uh, I had a money market investment, and mm-hmm. then I went to the bank to make a withdrawal, and to my surprise, my account was stopped. Mind you, it's an investment account. So I tried to investigate and they said, no, they can't tell me anything. There's a stop. I must talk to the legal department. I persuaded them until they told me that it's direct access. That stopped, gave them the directive to stop my account. And just to cut a long story short, I had a loan with direct access five or seven years back. And there was an outstanding amount that I needed to settle after I was retrenched. And they kept on calling me, and I, I said to them, you know what, my uh, loan had a retrenchment benefit. So before I can make any payment, can you guys tell me what percentage are you paying from that retrenchment benefit that is linked to my personal loan? Stanley, um, I'm going to have to stop you there. And Wendy, can I just hand out your details? Wendy Nola143 at gmail.com, because sadly we no, have run okay. out of time. Well, Wendy, consumer at nola.co.za, please. All right. And Wendy, Nola, thank you very much. Thank you, Jane.